Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Sire Studios digital network, secretsofthesire.com, youtube.com slash secretsofthesire, facebook.com slash secretsofthesire. We are also on radiopublic.com as well. Tonight, we're reviewing the Amazon Prime series, The Boys, and we welcome Smallville and Shazam star John Glover to the show. As always, I am your host, Michael Dolce, and I am joined by my cohort in crime, Mr. Lord of the Radio himself, Hassan Godwin. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It's not bad. Wednesday is not bad. So I was saving this for, for the show, which is good. Right. You asked me if I was, if I was okay, and, and I am okay. Yes, I uh, Oh, and I yeah, because you little, mysteriously didn't answer that question when I... I'm a little went. quiet, but I'm quiet. <laughs> Because for other yeah. reasons, but ask me if I saw the boys. Did you see the boys, Michael? I did see the boys. I managed to binge watch the boys Sunday in preparation. Do you know how I managed to binge watch the boys? How did you do that? Because I had to go to the hospital Saturday night. It was very exciting. I got a just some of the worst stomach pains I've ever gotten in my entire life went to the hospital because we were at a party. Uh, as we're driving home, it was like, we were like upstate. It was like 40 minutes to go home, 20 minutes to the nearest hospital. Ah, I was in that bad pain that I decided to go really? hospital. Yes, hospital. So turns out nothing big. Uh, something that I ate inflamed my stomach. Um, it actually started getting better as I got there, which was great, but they wanted to keep me overnight for observation inflamed your stomach something you ate like irritated yeah it irritated my stomach to the point where it was just like you know still a little you know a little, little pain here and there i'm trying to really try to you're still feeling stuff. it well, a little bit like um nothing crazy you know not trying to get into any gross details as well too but uh but, well, yeah, but the stomach i mean there's nothing clean about the stomach you know sure. stomach either. it's nothing <laughs> it's always graphic no matter what you do about that but, but the, hold on. But they kept me overnight. So I literally had nothing else to do. <laughs> except and you watch it. What you watching on your phone? I watched it on my phone, which actually yeah. my neck hurts now <laughs> from watching because it. Because you're holding it, yeah. But. Oh, man. There you well, go. Hold on. Do you know what it is you ate? <laughs> That's more important than the boys. I think what? it was leftovers. There was some, it was some sort of leftovers. It probably that you was. had? You had in your house? And yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it, it happened. I ate the leftovers for lunch, then we, and then I got these pains. But then they went away. Then we went to the party, and I ate the party food. And the party food was amazing. But then I was like in intense pain again. It, it was actually just the, it was my lower stomach. So as I'm driving home, I didn't. I wasn't actually driving, but the way I was seated, so it just pressed everything up against my stomach, and then it would make me kind of like arch my back because I was in a lot of pain. So like my back ah. was hurting and my stomach was hurting. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, let's, let's just be safe. Let's be safe rather than sorry. Wow. That's, that's, um, so I don't I even have it. any words for that. That's terrible. So that's, I watched, I watched the boys all weekend. So you watch the boys. Well, <laughs> I think that they're, they're going to want, um, they're going to want a better endorsement than it works if you're in pain, you know? <laughs> Um, but 
I'm glad you got a chance to see the boys, but <laughs> not like that. No, no, yeah, that's not. I know, but that's not good. It's okay. I, I'll be fine. There's like, nothing. There's nothing really worse than stomach pain. Really, isn't because there's no relief from it. I mean, there's no, no thinking yeah. around it. There's no distracting yourself from it. There's yeah. no. I mean, depending on the severity of it, it starts. No, like I said, incrementally by, starts to affect the rest of your body. You know. The, I mean, we we got in at five o'clock. By six o'clock, I had a room. I was upstairs in a room, so it was like, all right, I like, I'm uh, good. I freaked your wife out though. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great, yeah. but everyone yeah. was, like I said, everyone was, uh, it, it all had a happy ending in the end. It wasn't, uh, it was, well, a, you're still feeling it a little bit, so maybe it was a bowel obstruction according to oh. what they said. So oh. maybe I ate some plastic. The first thing out of the doctor's mouth was what did you have Chinese food? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And the, right, ironic well, part is, the ironic part is I had been eating Chinese food, but not, not yes, not on Saturday, not on Saturday. So, you know, oh, they might've been holding out. Go figure. It was just building up a force against you. Enough about my bowel movements. <laughs> what is your take on the boys? I didn't see it. Oh, that's ironic. Uh, um, that would be that'd be very ironic then. I'd be like, I killed. Yeah, you. wouldn't it? <laughs> I just decided not to watch it. I decided you probably wouldn't see it, so why should I see it? That's what my logic was. Um, you know what? It's really weird. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought it was a really, um, I thought it was really well done. It was really well paced. It was kind of plain. It was, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's Garth Ennis. So of course it's yeah. Garth Ennis source material. So of course, yeah. very straightforward, not a lot of complexity in getting into the story in right. and of itself. Mm-hmm. Here's my only thing. And I'll, I'll say the negative thing up front. Okay. It didn't make a lasting impression on me. Okay. Like, I enjoyed it while watching it, but then, you know, as people, as the hysteria machine starts to build up, mm-hmm. and people talk, start talking about speculating about what's going to happen in season two, and... Which, by the way, this is our spoiler-filled review. So right. I'm not, and I haven't, I really am not in, did not in, in, even in this, intend to really spoil too much. Right. But I was just saying, you know, basically, you know, it, I mean, let's, it is not really a spoiler to say it ends kind of on a cliffhanger. Right, and um, but you can say it because it's a it's our spoiler for the review. No, I yes, but I'm okay. Fair enough. Um, and uh, people get into these speculations about like you know you get these videos like on 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 the YouTube milieu. You get you mm-hmm. get the videos like ending explained. You know the boys and I don't know why right. it really needed a companion piece to explain an ending. Mm-hmm. And um, well, actually, we'll get into the ending in a little bit because there yeah. is something uh, about yeah. that. That does not not explaining. It doesn't need explaining, but the decision making from the executive. Well, that's I got an issue with a lot of the decisions that were made for the story. That's a b. Um, the the the, you know there's there's a lot of speculation on what season two is going to be like, and while all that was happening, I found myself going. "Eh." See, I mean, when when the next season comes out, I'll be I'll watch it, but. It's not one of those, it's not like how Stranger yeah. Things ended, and I was like, oh man, I want to kind of want to know who that guy is in the, in the, in the holding cell, you know, I kind of want to yeah. know what's going on. It ended, it, Stranger Things ended this year, and I was like, wow, that was really short, you know, I really, I could have done with one or two more episodes, which is a unique complaint for me, because yeah. I 
we think there's too many. Not you, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I, it's not like it used to be. I'm not crazy about it. Like when I was a kid, and I would things would end with a cliffhanger. It would bother me. It really sure. would. I would. It would. It would take months and months for me to right you know, just kind of sift through it. Um, and now I'm like, nah, all right, yeah, they want me to come back next year. That's nice. It's flattering yeah, to get yeah, an invitation yeah. to come back next year. But um, now I got other stuff to do, and there's going to be other shows on, so you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be too distracted. So, but but the the boys ended, and I was like, okay, wow. See, I actually had the exact opposite reaction, though. I first of all totally immersed in it. I was thinking, I was literally thinking of it days after, and maybe it was my experience in watching it. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's because you were dying, and you were maybe like, because I was dying, and that was the one show yeah. I was going to watch before I died. But uh, <laughs> you know what? The for, before we get into the ending, the whole show to me, you know, those like superhero fan films that are so well done and you're like, man, if only the studios could do that for real. That's what it felt yeah. like when I first started watching the show. I was just like, holy cow, I can't believe, like this to me. How well this is being, this is. This is yeah. yeah, just so beautifully shot. Uh, the action scenes are so riveting. You know, they, they, they get you right into it immediately. Yeah. Uh, again, did I say beautifully shot? Cause it just is yeah. beautifully shot. Couple of, it was, it's, look. It, it is, it was so tremendous. And then obviously, you know, the whole shtick of, of, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, but wants to know what it is, it's about a corporation of superheroes, corporation of evil superheroes, or an evil corporation of superheroes, however you want to put it. Um, and this group of boys that try to take them down. And it, the shock value after the first episode was so intense, especially when Huey loses his girlfriend right off the bat, didn't see that coming. Um, mm. You know, yeah, they ruined that for me because well, here's here's what happened with that. I started watching the show. Yeah, I started watching it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Started out pretty, you know, solid and straightforward. And he was talking to his girlfriend, and they just walked outside. They just yeah, walked yeah, out of yeah. the video store. And then I stopped for some reason to do something else, and then I ended up seeing the trailer on uh, well, YouTube, and they showed the scene in the trailer. Well, that's your fault. That's not their fault. It's therefore they put that scene in the trailer. Yeah, but why did you watch the trailer if you were already watching the show? Because I had to stop, and I went to when it, you when you click on YouTube to go watch something else. Oh. there'll be a trailer that'll be that'll you know the commercial that you can't cut away from. You know, you they 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 give you a, like a. So what you're saying is you illegally watched the boys on YouTube. Now let's try again. I was watching the boys. Uh huh. On Amazon. Yes. I stopped watching it at that point. Okay. Else. I came back and I started watching. Another, I looked at another vlog oh. on YouTube. When I clicked on the, the YouTube vlog, there was a trailer for the boys. Uh, okay. It had that scene in I the trailer. You. I got you. Well, and I'm like, why would you put that in the trailer? That's, that's, <laughs> that is the, if you just, mur- I mean, I know it's a great scene. It's a great setup, and it sets up the space yeah. well. Yeah. And, and it kind of the, the callousness of the seven, you know, that these right. people are just a, um, you know, just a, yeah, there's, there's a lot of words for them, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but also it kind of it really ruins the shock value yeah. of that sequence. Yeah. You know, that's a, that was a very strong. There's was, there was a couple of issues I had with, um, well, it doesn't matter. But, um. I I enjoyed it. I think it was really good. 
Mm-hmm. My, one of my issues is it's not, it's not it's nothing new because I've seen I agree with that. But it, I've now, seen the corporate I've seen corporate superheroes before. I've seen I've seen evil takes on Superman and you know the evil evil kind of justice. Let me League. ask you. Let me ask you. Where have you seen that? Like to I see. I feel like to joke you public. This is like earth shattering stuff. It doesn't matter about them. I, I don't, don't think it them. is though. Well, no, no. I'm just I'm just curious the context in which you're saying this, and I don't mean that necessarily to downplay what you're saying i'm just curious if it's just because you've read more comics that have that kind of stuff uh, i mean mystery men had it with mr what is his name was mr um, magnificent or mr wow that is uh 1993 yeah and that's what i'm talking about and he was wasn't he didn't he actually had endorsements on his super suit yeah if you remember that, like was uh, kind, he was, that was like, a kinder, he was, gentler though. That was a kinder, gentler. Uh, but I mean, it, I mean, I'm talking about like you know, superheroes yeah. have been corporately sponsored. Yeah. Who you know become the patrons of of money of money machines and you know yeah. whatever. I'm I'm saying it's a it's a done thing. Yeah. It's um it's not a fairly original thing. It is something definitely that 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 could be explored a little more. Yeah. So we have the evil Superman take. The the issue with that is that we've we got Brightburn. Um, right. We also have, we kind of have the DCEU, which which didn't go that way with Superman, but hinted mm-hmm. yeah. that the people were afraid that he was going to yeah. go that way, and it showed this should it showed several aspects of a of a you know a villainous Superman, a very yeah. you know very destructive, yep. very single minded and self centered Superman. Yep. So I mean, we've seen it. It's not a. It it wasn't. It would have it would have fared better with me. And it's not the, the fault of the material at all, by the way. And it's not the fault of the show at all, because the show yeah. is really well done. I'm saying it really, it would have done, done a lot better with me if this was a completely new, you know, if, if just it was so abhorrent to see superheroes acting in I this. I actually kind of- don't disagree with anything you said there. Um, I actually, because it, it's funny, the first two episodes to me were, were they, they suck you right in. You want to, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're shocked and you want to learn more. You want to kind of understand what's going on here. Right. Uh, because the shock value is so high. After that kind of fades, though, it got a little monotonous to see them being so evil. Yeah. <laughs> after a while, you're like, holy crap. You're like, oh, good Lord. That being said, it, that only lasted for a little while for me. And then it picked back up again. Uh, I thought Starlight Aaron Moriarty was fantastic. Like I loved her. Yeah, story she, was, she was great. She, she was, was absolutely she great. Was fantastic in it. Uh, Queen Maeve's storyline was good as well too. Homelander to me is just downright terrifying. And he Anthony, is. And that's a good, like, like Anthony Starr is unbelievable in this, in this role as a dark Superman. I mean, the scene in the airplane that everyone, you know, everyone's talking about the airplane scene, and rightfully so. It's it's a despicable. It's a, big, it's a really. I feel heavy like scene. he really. I feel like he could have saved them. I don't know. I still. I know he explained why he wasn't able to fly the plane down. I feel like he could have flown the plane. Of course, he could have. He just somewhere. didn't feel like. He, you know, also would have added to the margin of error. You know, so yeah. yeah. If he tried to save a few of them, there would be witnesses. But when he comes in, yeah, when he comes in with those eyes, man, like it is, it is just downright terrifying. And it's like, this is what I always, this is what I kind of liked about um, the DCEU Superman. I didn't, you know, the, I liked that they had it, they kind of had their cake and ate it too, you know, yeah. because um, they, he was the good Superman. Right. But, but every time that you saw him in someone else's eyes, he was some kind of, you know, he, he was downright terrifying. Right. And, 
I, I, I've always liked the ambiguousness of Superman. Like, you know, any minute this guy decides he's having a bad day, yeah, it could be a bad day for yeah. everybody yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. So, so I really like that. I think the I, I think Homelander is the best thing about the boys, to be honest with you. And I, I, I no, I agree hundred percent. They should have called the boys something else for the TV show. I think they should have called it the Seven. I think they should have. My opinion, yeah. just my opinion, I think they should have focused their attention 100% on the Seven, even though Carl Urban and all these other characters mm-hmm. were the main characters. Mm-hmm. But I think calling it The Boys, you know... Weird. It was a weird kind of, title. Yeah. And then you find out, wait a minute, these, the story's about these guys. Right. You know, these guys are The Boys. But, right. you know, they... And, and you butcher, Bill, William Butcher, who is uh, who's being played by Carl Urban, Mm-hmm. He has an incentive, and so yes. does Huey. He, you yes. you see his incentive, yes. but Mother's Milk and Frenchie, you don't yes. really—they just kind of got dragged along for the ride, right? So it's not like these guys or a coalition put together of grievance, you know, grievously uh, wounded um, victims of right. the Seven, right? So, I mean, it 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 is good. I just think that there's there kind of for television. There were kind of tweaks that they could have done that would probably have resonated a lot stronger. Well, it's funny in a, too, in a lot of I ways. Know, I know the series is about eight years old now at this point. It was a seventy-one mm-hmm. issue run, and we're going to get into just in a, in a in a second. We're literally going to get into how it compares to the comic book. Um, there were a couple storylines that played out as if they were eight years old. The religious intervention stuff in the middle, because that's not right. Because that's, that's not really that's not the Trump, you know. Republican Party right now that was like the Republican Party like eight years ago. That would have been the commentary on the church like eight years ago. Yeah, the neocon kind of thing. Right. That would have been that. There would have also been you know uh, the the you know Starlight's speech. I actually fast forwarded through her, most of her speech because I didn't really uh, like I was I was just bored by it because I'm like no this is this is a little dated this speech because that's not the contemporary times we live in. And it's just weird to me because I'm sitting there saying like, boy, they could have updated this a little bit. You know, well, they, they kind of me to uh, the deep, you know, that was a little contemporary. I thought that was actually good. The deep is funny though, too, to me, because he's the one character. And I'm glad you brought him up. He's the one character that started out extremely strong for me, became a punchline and had no purpose by the end of the show. At the end of the show, yeah. just making fun of Aquaman wasn't enough for me. It was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. The dolphin scene, yeah, but what was that about? You know, like, what was he trying to save a dolphin for? And then a lobster. Then he goes to try to save a lobster. Yeah, I, know. I know. I thought it's like, I get your pain, dude. But, I mean, there's I a billion lobsters in the sea that are safe, you know? I so just, I just think that they were trying to make fun of Aquaman and try to, and trying to have him as a running yeah. punchline, which was a little weird for me, considering... Especially after a billion-dollar Aquaman movie. Yes. Where they showed, <laughs> they showed yes. the depth of what an Aquaman movie could really, you know, what... What the kingdom well, what underwater was really right, like. He's king so. of Atlantis, right? That's different than I talked to fish and I had <laughs> yeah. and like when he's when he's banging that girl. See, like when I thought the girl was going to come in, I thought when when she was actually trying to seduce him or whatever, you know, they were you know in the hotel room. I thought he was either going to be another, he was going to be a set up victim of a Me Too movement, mm-hmm. or she was somehow connected to something that was going to end up impacting the fin- like the final episodes yeah and, he, and it just really just turned into a, the deep just was another it was a bad date it was just a bad date for him um yeah there's a number of things that just kind of it, it felt like it was done for the for the sake of shock and it was it felt like the shock was a little late 
you know? Right. right. Where we are today. Like, look, Watchmen, for me, Watchmen was the movie watcher. Uh, 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 Snyder's, Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen See, movie. This, this Hold on one second. Oh, the, the, that, that was, for me, mm-hmm. like, wow, superheroes are kind of bent. You right. know, that was, a, that was, I, I, we had seen it before, like I mentioned with Mystery Men and a couple of other, you know, right. uh, mm-hmm. stories. But Watchmen was a re- the one that really brought it home that like, wow, what if these are, you know, yeah. what if you did a story about like really bent superheroes, you know, or really yeah. self-centered, like, you know, the comedian and even um, the owl mm-hmm. and, and Miss Jupiter were kind of, you know, even though they were on the, 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 they were righteous, they were still, you know, damaged. There was a lot of yeah. you know, scar tissue that they were working through. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that that was really done and the, the heroes didn't look squeaky clean. And I thought that for me resonated a lot more. Now, hopefully people who, because the Watchmen was, was, you know, almost 10 years ago. So hopefully for people who, you know, are just coming up now, this, this show resonates for them the same way. See, this show felt to me like the Watchmen movie Zack Snyder was trying to make. And it just, and it did never. Oh well, yeah. Because it, you know, you don't have any. Translated. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess. Um, or it, I don't know. There's something, there's something about the show that's a little off for me. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. And I, a couple of people asked about it, and I think it's my problem. I don't really think it's the should, like what they oh, should have yeah. done yeah. was this and that. I really think it's just, um, eh, it just didn't, you know, the, the, the premise in and of itself didn't do much for me because I've seen it before. So it wasn't a new premise. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Homelander's fantastic. Maeve's fantastic. Elizabeth Shue uh, was amazing in this too. Huh? Elizabeth yeah. Shue, I mean, that's, that's another thing. And you know, and then they just, I mean, you know, spoiler now she's dead. So, I mean, I you don't even it, have I that. I liked that they killed her actually. I was, I was, I liked it. I think she, I think she, <laughs> pardon uh, the, the symbolism here. I think she culminated <laughs> uh, her run by the end of the, by the end of the, uh, I the guess movie. so. I mean, it was, it was just so, it was just so odd because I think the problem is, mm-hmm. I can't believe I keep saying this. It was too short. Wow. There was a, there were, for, for something like this, for something yeah. this, this deep. Yeah. You need nuance. You do need to get into yeah, character, yeah. character situations. Like you need to get into he- heavy character-driven um, circumstances mm-hmm. so that you can know these characters. And look, they, they didn't have to do anything with Homelander. He could stay as ambiguous as possible because that's, Probably what makes him so terrifying is you right. really don't know what's on his mind. Right. You, know, you don't know what he's thinking. And you really shouldn't. There shouldn't right. be an episode that explains the entire story of Homelander and why he's like this and, you know, you know, kind of paint him in a more sympathetic light or a less sympathetic light. They, sure. they, those things are dangerous. They should stay away from that. I, I, uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not looking for that. But some other characters, you know, like you can tell that Maeve, there's a lot going on there. I'm sure they're saving some of that for uh, uh, season two. Yep. Um, there, there's stuff with Starlight and Maeve. How Maeve was completely unsympathetic to her. You know, right, right. Her lack of ability to acclimate to the being in the seven as right. as early, you know, as being thrown into it as as quickly as possible. I I get some of that, but I think yep. it's been explored more. I think they could have yeah. done it. And well, Maeve, Maeve was a lot more character driven. Yeah, Maeve was uneven to me the entire time, though, because it's, yeah. at one point, you don't know. Wonder Woman. Another point, now she's she's not. She dated Homelander. She's not with him. 
Uh, right, and then she's gay, and then she's not gay, and right. it, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of weird. Also, um, if it are they're not, none of them are evil, really. Homelander's the evil one. Everybody else is just just kind of damaged, so they just follow right. along. Like A Train is just kind of, you know, he's a he's a tweaker, and you know, he's he's just following. He's, you know, it's again, it kind of goes back to the dated um, quality of it too. I mean. Even A Train's role to me was more stereotypical than I thought. Mm, yeah, in today's yeah. Climate that you would get. Now they did end up having the scene in the mall later on, which is a little more relevant when he's on crutches and the security guard. But even that to me felt forced at that point. Then, then it felt like, you know, he doesn't. Yeah, then it felt like it's, it's like it was like a social service at that point. Yeah. Like we're yeah. paying services, social. You know, even even as a superhero. When yeah. he doesn't have his superhero costume on, he's still just a black man who, you know, has to right. deal with the. And I mean, because we don't know anything about his character, right. other than you know, even with him and Popclaw, you know, even right. you know, it, he's more like they kind of played him off more like a celebrity rapper who is afraid of losing his yeah. uh, his fame. Yep, they do, and a conflicted superhero who's who's feeling weaker and weaker because the the older he gets, the weaker he gets, so he's right. worried. There were, you know, he's yeah, going to be like, he was like an athlete. He was like an athlete. I mean, yeah, it's, and it's like exactly like an athlete. Yeah, and it, I mean, that's not a. I mean, that, that is that wasn't really an interesting character situation. Yeah, agreed, yeah, no, agreed. And then he was, you know, yeah, he was he he went in and out for me as well too. Um, the only other, and again, the, to me, and then I, you got I, Noir. You don't know anything about him. You got it translucent. I know. I, I want to know more <laughs> about about the, uh, was it the Noir? I think it's either Noir or the Noir. I don't know. I forget what he's called. But uh, no, he was he was actually pretty awesome. I thought we would learn something about him. We didn't. I nope. I guess I kind of agree with you. You could have gone two more episodes. We could have learned a little bit more about each guy. But at the same time, I'm happy because most of these shows you don't need 13 episodes. You don't need it. No, this, this went absolutely. right. This felt like an eight hour movie. So it's essentially what it felt like. And and that's what I liked about it. I liked that. Uh, hurried sense. I liked all that stuff. All right. When we come back, we're going to tell you how the boys compared to the comic book version and the major change that happened in that oh so tantalizing cliffhanger to set up the second season. When we come back. Check out the all-new Sire Studios website, sirestudiosinc.com. Find all your back issues for The Sire, Mainstream, Undone, and more. And be on the lookout for news and announcements, convention appearances, and brand new podcasts coming to Sire Studios. That address again is sirestudiosinc.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Again, we do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube.com slash Secrets of the Sire, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, Twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire, and Secrets of the Sire.com. We are brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, which you can get to Patreon.com slash Secrets of the Sire. That's Craig Caruso, Tom Osa, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, Steve Ovecki, Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, 
and hospital driver, Christina Dolce. So we were talking about the boys, uh, the series itself. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting about it, though, too, is I never read it. I mean, it's funny, too. We are yeah, aficionados when it comes to this stuff. But this was an obscure series. This was a series that we couldn't even figure out in our casual conversations whether or not it was a DC book uh, or a – you had said it was a Dynamite book or an IDW book. Uh, it turns out we were both right because it was published by both Wildstorm, which was DC, and uh, Dynamite. So it was, it was both. Um, it was a little dated. I mean, we talked about some of the dated things about it. So knowing that this – Which I'm surprised it wasn't uh, – the, 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 the show itself wasn't updated. I know. Some of these things. I know. That was kind of a little weird. But immediately when I was done watching the show, I was like, I need to buy this comic. I need to read it. So it's actually on my list of things I'm going to get this week when I go in uh, into the store like this weekend. I want, I want to pick it up. I want to read the differences. But in the meantime, Newsweek... Stay away from the pasta. Yes. Newsweek was very kind to do a, uh, an article, The Boys on Amazon, how it compares to the comic book. And it kind of goes through nice. a bunch of stuff. So uh, okay. if, again, you are interested in reading the comic, Look away, but keep us tuned in so we get the hits. Uh, subscribe uh-huh. to our channels, by the way, and like our pages, please. It always helps us. Here is the differences between the two. There's Billy Butcher, a foul-mouthed killer with a sordid past. Frenchie, a scientist whose specialty is killing superpowered individuals. Mother's Milk, a family man who can't resist a chance to work again. And The Female, a superpowered mute who channels her berserker rage. These characters all come straight from the comic. They'll all have much larger and more fleshed-out personalities. Long monologues about religion, heart-to-heart talks, and philosophical debates were mostly absent from the comic. So Garth Ennis put even less into their person into their uh, backstories in the comic. Wow! Yeah. Wow, Garth Ennis too. That's that's a uh, for so many yeah. issues too. That's a lot. Of, it's a lot of issues. Frenchie yeah. also rarely spoke English in the comic, but that change had to be made, which makes sense. Of course. The boys' main adversaries are the Seven, a group of the most powerful heroes the world has ever seen. Uh, Like we said, it's a corporation of superheroes led by Homelander, the generic Superman-esque every hero who on the outside represents truth, justice, the American way. On the inside, he's a psychopathic bastard who only cares about the bottom line. In the comics, the Seven are pretty much as depraved and maniacal, except for the Deep, who was rewritten for the show since he was initially a man in an old nautical diving suit who rarely talked. (laughs) That stinks in the one sense that they took it upon themselves in the show to, to really to make, make fun of Aquaman. Rip. Yeah, to make him a rip on Aquaman. Really make um, fun of Aquaman. I would, I would actually describe uh, Homelander as sociopathic yes, more than psychopathic. Yes, I agree with you. He's, he's sociopathic. Um, so I, yeah, I, I slightly disagree with the article in that. But yeah, everything else, I, you know, yeah. The sh- so the show alludes to teenage kicks who were the first – so check this out. This is an Easter egg, actually. The show alludes to Teenage Kicks. Uh, they were actually the first group of superheroes the boys ever blackmailed in the comics. Popclaw okay. is nothing more than a side character from Teenage Kicks, who is given a much larger role in the show. When Butcher meets with the CIA director, his demands include an office in the Flatiron Building, which was the base of the comic book team. So that's kind of that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. If the boys' television show continues, there's plenty more material to be adapted from. There's the G-Men, an X-Men homage with a pedophilic headmaster tech knight has an obsession with having sex with things sometimes killing them there's even a badger that's trained to attack the president the possibilities are are endless amazon overall did a pretty good job with the boys the show had to tone down the sex drugs and profanity (laughs) they toned it down from the comics but still left enough in there to make any ennis fan happy uh the 
the plot chooses random bits from the comic book run, but still manages to feel like a property of its own. Uh, now, this one is from Polygon, however, and ironically not mentioned in Newsweek. The boys set up for its second season with one big change from the comics. In both the comic and Amazon series, Billy Butcher, leader of the boys, is a man with a singular focus. He hates soups, which are superheroes, and the company they work for, Voight, and he never misses a chance to describe them with colorful languages. Uh, there's a very big change, however, revealed in the series cliffhanger ending. Um, William Billy Butcher is the charming, foul-mouthed, and terrifyingly violent leader of the titular boys. His violence and his visceral hatred for all things soup has a foundation, though. In the comics, Butcher is set on his path of hatred and destruction by the death of his wife. As she lay in bed next to Billy one night, her premature child disembowels her as it was born, and then proceeds to attack Butcher with lasers from its eyes. Butcher handled the situation now. He handles all situations with extreme violence. He later learns his wife had been raped by a superhero, and that superpowered baby was fathered by, he believes, the Homelander. Butcher comes to blame all superheroes, and by extension, the Vought American Corporation, for the death of his wife. In the Amazon series, however, and again, spoilers if you haven't seen it, Butcher's wife, Becca, is thought to be dead. She disappeared, either abandoned her life out of shame or killed herself, after she was raped by Homelander. Over the last few episodes of the series, however, both Butcher and Homelander learn the truth, or at least the truth as we understand it. Becca's encounter with Homelander was a consensual affair, and in this version, she survived her pregnancy and raised the superpowered child in hiding, or more accurately, in a kind of corporate witness protection. Well, we don't know still if it was consensual. I agree with that question, because I still I think that is still a question. I, don't, yeah, I, think, that's a, I think that's a... a, a, a pre- preconceived notion like it's something that you actually a presupposition of of the of the article writer but it's not it's not confirmed that it's not confirmed it might not be inaccurate yeah it would be yeah it would be it would be an interesting twist if it were but I mean they haven't confirmed it yet so that's that's all I'm saying yeah so I mean obviously the fact that she is alive but left without telling anyone will certainly be explored during the series second season that one's interesting to me and i actually really thought about it too i'm like wow i kind of want to read the comic because i want to find out what happens to the wife i'm kind of like in this walking dead like yeah. state where you know do i read the source material or do i not i'm curious if the source material now garth ennis is one of my favorite writers his punisher run uh in the punisher max series is is was the basis for that awful pg-13 movie with thomas jane mm-hmm you know, ironically, I never really read Preacher, which is which is funny considering. Me how, neither. Me neither. Know. I'm. I'm. I'm a. I think Garth Ennis is a is is a you know a really wonderful writer, yeah. and um, and I give him absolute respect. I have no disrespect, but I haven't really been into a lot of things that he's written because he has a very he's very cynical about yeah just about everything. He is. He's and also very over the top. Yeah, and that kind of gets on you after a while. And that's I yeah. think while you were reading this article, that's that one of the, the not to sound prudish, but that's one of the things about the boys that started to kind of weigh on me a little. It was like yeah. everything was like a cynical nothing could be taken for granted. Everything was a cynical shock aspect. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I mean and, and 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 I know for a fact that they toned a lot of that down from what it was in the comic book, you know? Yeah. So it was it was just to me, it was a lot of a lot of '90s shock value, without a, without any of the of the new. I would say 2000s. Uh, I mean, you know, '90s was not I mean, a shock value 
time for comics. It really wasn't. It wasn't until the Marvel Max line. And, I disagree. And, uh, I, I, I think there was a lot of... I think the fact that... The authority, I, the, when, did the authority, when did the authority come out? If we're talking comics. See, I, no, in, in the late in 90s? 2000s. Yeah, but, I'm, but um, you know, I'm just talking about like the fact that the 90s was kind of the last... I mean, if this had come out in the 90s... Well, first of all, if this had come out in the 90s, it would have been banned. Um, yeah, not good. But I mean, if this had come out in the early two thousands or the nineties, or the or the end of the nineties, this this would be groundbreaking, right? Um, I think it's really cynical without making any kind of really strong public statement about anything. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it's required to. But I'm just saying it's like a lot of cynicism, right? For, for very little. Like, of course, the world is a terrible place. You know, everybody. Yeah. Therefore, everyone in the world is, is a terrible person. Therefore, there's no, there's, you know, there's no honor to anything, and there's no, there's right. no anything. But then you're going to turn it into a, you're going to serialize that and turn it into a TV show. So, right. unfortunately, for the television uh, the model, you have to give some people yeah. um, redeeming qualities, and that kind of starts to, that that kind of goes comes to loggerheads with the overall theme of the of the story, right? Because if you make these people, if if you humanize, if they make the mistake and humanize Homelander in any way, that the whole story's over, you know? Um, they've already humanized Maeve. They've already humanized... Uh, I don't think Maeve. that's true, because they, they, they started to humanize Homelander. He's just so far gone. I, I don't think he can have... There's no Darth Vader quality to him where you sit there and go, he can be redeemed at this point. Uh, but you can understand. But that's what I'm talking about. Like when you give him, I mean, when you, but but they they never, they never take this to like okay, like the Sopranos, right? right. Every time it, they seem like they were in danger of really sympathizing with Tony Soprano, yeah. he did something despicable, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, he's this guy's this guy's a bad guy, you know? Okay. Even though for the last ten episodes, I just saw him arguing with his daughter about a gabagoo and and you know whatever <laughs> well that but that's i mean i guess that's what the scene at the end with elizabeth she was killing her off too i mean no matter what yeah I mean, he basically does not care that her son's there basically using her using the son as a target i mean but I we knew that about him you know yeah. like he she thought the only the only the only person who was shocked human, i don't think i don't think they're they're not humanizing him at all even if they give him a backstory i know i didn't say so, they you're just saying they, they do you're just saying if they did I said, if they do, the danger will happen if they do that. You know, if they if they take him in, in any way, if they three dimensionalize him, it's it's a, it's completely against television uh, uh, conventionality. But they have to keep him static like yeah. that because yeah. that's how that he is the he is the dark id of the story. If you if you lighten up your id, you're in some serious trouble. Your ego is in yeah. some serious trouble. So. Um, it's it's um it's going to be a delicate balance. I don't yeah. see it going too much further than this. Personally, I could be dead wrong. I'm gonna make a slight mm -hmm. prediction. I don't. I don't think I've I've seen the showrunners and stuff like that. I don't think it's in great hands. My personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of it is it was slickly done. It was well shot, and I Definitely think it well was a lot. It was very much relying on it. The the quality of the production and the quality of the actors they gave they they, mm -hmm. they got to play these parts. Because the story's not really there, one hundred percent. It's it's based on a lot of cynicism.
system is it's standing on the shoulders of a lot of other stuff that came before it mm-hmm. and it just has the, the benefit of picking and choosing all the best parts of it yeah and, and also it's and also it's got a very extensive uh, source material 71 issues of a comic book is a totally. lot of material yep so i think it has that but i mean in in as pertains to like growing into something you know like phenomenal like you know and I'm, I'm not talking like phenomenal like this is the greatest thing i'm sure. talking about like growing into something like like uh, pervasive and mm-hmm. and and far reaching, I I think it's limited. I really do. I have a I have I have a I have got my doubts about it. Friend of the show, Alexa Fox, uh, actually also chimed in at some point, and she had mentioned that there really is not much more to go. She feels like the ending, even though it was a cliffhanger, you know, there's not really much to read into at that point. I, I actually disagree. I, I'm curious to know where they're going to go with it. I right. love the fact that they jammed everything into this into these but eight. The episodes, three people, but, the, the three characters that they cliffhangered it on, yeah. right? Or technically the four characters, but one of them yeah. was killed, yeah. right? You don't know anything about all three of those characters, with the exception of uh, Bill Butcher, who mm-hmm. the, the most you know about him is his wife got stolen from him and yeah. you know disappeared at some yeah. point. And now, and now you found out that that was a lie. So, okay, you know, maybe they get back together. Maybe they don't. Probably not. But, I mean, that's, that's that. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the linchpin to his entire, to the motivation of his entire being yeah. is revealed to have been based on a lie. Yeah. You almost ended his story yeah. with that. I mean, yeah. it, you know, of course he'll have places to go, and he'll make decisions of his own after this. And then, you know, look, five minutes later, Homelander could kill his wife anyway and then right. motivate him all over again. But right. it's just really weird that the, the three characters they cliffhangered on uh, were the least developed characters yeah. of, of the show. So you're like, oh, okay, you know, I guess that'll be a big deal. But yeah. they already broke up the boys. You know, the relationship right. has already fallen apart. Right. No one's coming to rescue them. No one's relying on him. Nobody's waiting for him to rescue them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like a, you yeah. know it's like it's not really a cliffhanger. It's more of a stopping point. It's true. It's true. All right. What do you guys think? Chime in on the Facebook feed. Chime in on the YouTube feed. Uh, Twitch.tv. We're 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 answering everywhere and always. Want to know what you think? Did you watch the show? Did you love the show? Did you read the book? I I almost highly doubt anyone read the book, or else it would have lasted more than seventy-one issues. But uh, let us know, and we will. It's chime still back a long in. run for these days, though. It is. It is. So uh, when we come back, we're going to go right into the John Glover interview. Uh, We were out of Wizard World, Philadelphia. It's where we got the amazing uh, Kevin Conroy interview we ran last week. So you can follow up with that on YouTube.com slash Secrets of the Sire or go to iTunes, uh, you know, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcasts and you can get our amazing interview. Kevin Conroy was just announced actually as uh, he'll be starring in uh, the Arrowverse Crisis of Infinite Earth, Crisis of Infinite Earth's crossover that they're going to be doing on, on, the, on the CW, so that's great. Um, but we got John Glover, who was known as Lex Luthor's uh, father, Lionel Luthor, uh, who was a completely made-up character. Had, you know, didn't really realize that either so for the show. Uh, talks about that. Also, about uh, yeah? He's also in uh, uh, Shazam. Yeah. As, uh, and he Mark was the father. father. Yep. Yep. He was Mark He's Strong. a lot of bad fathers. He's a lot of bad dads. So he talks about that. He also talks about his uh, DC connection. So when we come back, John Glover interview. Did Chipotle? I, did, I, did I mispronounce that? Chicote <laughs> from Star Trek. Chipotle. <laughs> it's Chipotle. You, you eat the you food know I don't every speak week. Spanish. Ah, yes. 
I'm sorry. You I'm ate sorry. a whole wheel of cheese was, and you pooped in the yeah, fridge? That was too diverse, right? That was <laughs> oh. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I am joined by Mr. John Glover from Smallville and Shazam fame. And quite frankly, and we're going to get into it in a, mi- in a minute, he's had an extended experience extraordinary career and i really want to get into the whole bulk of it in the short time that we have john how you doing sir good mike good i'm in philadelphia it's one of my favorite cities what's the best part about philly uh my memories of it uh i just got off a train so i haven't walked around i haven't been for at least five maybe six years everyone says the cheesesteaks but it's the reading terminal market you see i become allergic to yeast so i can't have the philly cheesesteaks anymore yeah, yeah, I know. It's one of the very hard things to n- be in Philly and not be able to eat. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about positive and happy okay. things. Yes, yes, let's do that. You're known in the Comic-Con world, obviously, through Smallville and through uh, your recent appearance in Shazam. But you have actually, I mean, you have had a really extended story career in the 80s. You were Emmy-nominated actor. Um, talk to me about the full cycle real quick, I mean, if you can, about where your life started in acting and, and, then, and then coming into the Comic-Con world. You know, what is that experience like to be in this universe versus, you know, in, in the broader acting sense? Right. Okay. It started in high school. I was in, in, a, in a play, The Importance of Being Earnest. I had no idea I was going to be a teacher, I guess. I had no idea what to be, how I could support myself. So, but I made people laugh and it, I felt very powerful and I didn't, I was kind of an odd, strange child. Uh, so, so I went to college. I was going to be a teacher. I went to college in Baltimore, Towson State Teachers College, it was called. And I was going to be the drama teacher that, that you know, taught English also, directed the plays. But then I went to a summer stock theater in between my, my uh, college years, the Barter Theater down in Abington, and worked with people on the stage who were professional actors. And I thought, I can do this. So that's what I did. I moved to New York to be an actor, to do plays. I did plays for a while. I would come out to L.A., but they didn't seem ready to... I did a, um, a You Are There. They redid You Are There. I was a Pony Express rider once that set a record. Um, but I went out to L.A. and did a film called 52 Pickup that John Frankenheimer directed. And I could tell that the L.A. was going to start hiring me. So I made a bunch of movies and a bunch of TV shows. and. I got nominated for five Emmys, never won. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Is it an honor just to be nominated? Until you lose, yeah. <laughs> and then you're a loser. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but then I got a couple of offers for, what came first? Smallville or? No, I did a Batman and the animated series. I did the Riddler. Which shot right, or which recorded right around the corner from where I lived. I did three episodes, that was all. It was on Saturday morning, so I thought, well, I'm not going to watch this. Besides, I knew nothing about Batman. And here, 25 years later, it's, it's legend, and I've touched people's hearts. Smallville came as an offer, somebody dropped out. They said, you play Lex Luthor's father, it's one scene, they'll pay you this, da 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 da, it starts tomorrow. Can you fly up to Vancouver? I've, they might have you on the show again, which ended up being seven years. Um, and I created this guy. I mean, he'd never, there'd never been a Lionel Luther before, which I'm quite honored to hear. I read somewhere that you think he's the hero of the show, the true hero of the show. 
but I don't think I ever said that. But, <laughs> but I do know that I gave Lex shock treatments to make him a stronger person. So they were all tests to make my son a better person. I was not a bad father. Shazam, however, I was a horrible father. I call it the father from hell. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen next, whether I'll do any more superhero stuff, but it's certainly come my way in a big, big, big way. How did Shazam come, come your way? I was curious about that uh, because you're in the DC family yet again. Now you've, you've managed to be in all three iconic series characters. There were some reshoots. And uh, they father, who was going to play the father, I guess something happened and, and they called up and said, do you want to be this father? I only saw the two scenes I was in. I had no idea what it was about. I'd never seen or heard of Shazam or Captain Marvel. Yeah, so I didn't know. Until I saw the movie, I didn't know where I fit in. And from that film... Um you know, again, you're back in the DC universe, so you're you're basically saying that, you know, this Comic Con world that you're a part of now uh, is is kind of new, and it kind of came to you. It came to me. I, I did not go after it. It just started coming and coming and coming <laughs> and coming. So I thought, okay, they're really interesting parts. So I'm having I have a grand time whenever I do it. Smallville in general. What what are your favorite moments from that show uh, that you can remember your character being in? Oh, so many. But I, there was one when I was saving Annette yeah. uh, uh, where I had a lot of stunt work and everything. And they let me do most of those stunts. Um, and then when Clark and I changed bodies, that was very exciting. Um, but, but, but I mean, everything was every week I'd come. I loved being blind. Uh, I, I didn't know if I was really blind. or. <laughs> but uh, but the, they gave me great situations to play. Uh, Peach, I had a great scene with the Peach once. And I made it so they couldn't cut it out because they didn't want me to have the peach. And they tried to cut it out, and they couldn't. I felt so proud of myself. Yeah. What, uh, what about shooting uh, a television show that is very action-oriented versus maybe more, I don't want to say dramatic because there's a lot of drama in it too, but maybe that doesn't have action sequences. That was, that was something strange to me, all the, all the stunts and things. But I was in great shape then. I mean, I, was, I even had a scene in the shower where I got stabbed in the shower. So I was surprised I was able to do that. But I looked, I looked damn good, goddammit. What's coming up next for you? I'm gonna do a play in New York called Fern Hill, written by a Michael Tucker, who's a favorite of a lot of people from LA Law. His wife Jill's in it, it's called Fern Hill, and it's about three couples that uh, fix themselves up for going to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what other uh, Comic-Con appearances will you be at? Uh, uh, Shore Leave uh, in Baltimore. That's where I went to school. So I hope to see a lot of friends there. Um, and I hear tell uh, one in Austin, perhaps, and uh, South Carolina. But there's not for a while. I'm going to be doing that play soon. So I go unavailable for a bit. But I sure have a good time. We appreciate you taking some time out and, and speaking with us as well, too. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Again, I want to thank Jerry Milani, uh, PR guy over at Wizard World, 
for getting us access to him, uh, to, to John Glover and to Kevin Conroy. We really appreciate it. We'll be uh, checking out some of their shows. They got Wizard World Chicago coming up this, uh, this August, uh, later this month, I guess, because it's, it's August. And unfortunately, I won't be able to go. I actually loved Wizard World Chicago. It was always one of my favorites, but uh, we got there at Wizard World Philadelphia. So again, thank you to the Wizard World crew. All right, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Andy Serkis closes deal to direct Venom 2. The oh, boy. Filmmaker will be tackling his first comic book movie as director. Andy Serkis is officially stepping into Venom's goo. The filmmaker has closed a deal to direct Venom 2, Sony's sequel to the 2018 film that grossed $856 million worldwide at the global box office. The sequel, part of the company's stable of Spider-Man-related and Marvel-centric characters, will once again star Tom Hardy as the journalist who joins with an alien symbiote. Uh, Circus flew to Los Angeles the week of July 22nd to meet with Sony Brass. This will be Circus's uh, third directorial effort after 2017 drama Breathe and last year's non-Disney take on the Rudy Yard Kipling stories. What are your thoughts about Venom 2 with Andy Circus at the helm? I think they just saved Venom 2. Yeah? Uh, I don't know if the... I, I, uh, the movie's probably... I got my thoughts on whether there should be a Venom 2 or not, but that's not what you asked me. Um... But I think, I think just as a political, this is a terrible thing to say, as a political idea, as a political uh, uh, decision, it's a really good one. Because Andy Serkis is pretty much almost well, he's synonymous universally with beloved. Right. You know? so, Snoke in the Star Wars films, he uh, played. Well, no, I mean, even from Lord of the Rings, you, you can go all the way back to Lord of the Rings where he was a no-name. Not a trilogy, yep. Not a, not a no-name actor. Mm-hmm. But he was a, a little a little known actor. Yep. Um. I think, I think either I, I don't know if he was originally New Zealand or yeah, I think so. I've seen him in some English shows. Yeah. Right. Before he was before he was anyone. Mm-hmm. And he's you know they they got him in this white leotard and he's playing the golem as they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out this motion capture thing yep. for the first time. And he he pioneered the whole motion capture yeah. and he literally turned. All of that into a career from hard work. It yeah. wasn't really, it wasn't, it, it, it honestly wasn't any finagling or any, you know, any, any posturing or anything like that. It was mainly just genuine hard work and brilliant performances. Yeah. Everybody loved his Gollum. Yeah. And everybody loves his Caesar from the mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes movies. Um, and, you know, he was Kong. He, was, he turned that into a major thing. And then Peter Jackson made him a second unit director yep. for The Hobbit. And that's how that was basically his main job through the Hobbit, and that kind of led him on this the career of being a director, being a filmmaker. Yep. yep. So, and then I mean, and and he's made he hasn't made any wrong steps, and I'm not what I mean by wrong steps is he, I'm not talking about career wise. Yep. Just personality wise, like interactive wise, uh, interaction with the with the you know the audience wise, he's just maintained his his humbleness and his. And his kind of universal appeal as far as people are, you know, you can go, you could follow his whole career. You can yeah. go back and follow his whole career. So, okay, now he's going to make his debut in the, in the, in, a, in the milieu that he kind of, you know, they kind of birthed him because yeah. fantasy and comics are, you know, they're just, they're, they're cousins, right? The genres. So 
it's going to be his his debut for a comic book movie. Yeah. Second, um, the second installment in a major comic book uh, franchise. Yeah. It's going to be the second installment to um, a movie that where the first installment was a breakaway hit. You know, mm-hmm. with an unexpected breakaway hit. It's pretty much got underdog coming from behind, kind of you know the whole thing written all over it. Um, so I think the I think it's a good bet that that's gonna that was a great decision on their part, and that's going to really help them bring. Let's, let's not forget also that uh, the first Venom featured a last minute cameo by Woody Harrelson as uh, Cletus Cassidy, aka right. Carnage, and Circus previously worked with Harrelson on War of the Planet of the Apes. War of the Planet Apes. So there's yes. there's a, a direct tie with that as well too. So I think right. I think you know. And let's let's also because of the angels, because of God Himself, and because of uh, you know because of the universe being a wonderful you know place of benevolent powers and and spiritually and spirituality. Um, yeah. That movie actually did well in the first place because it's a crap movie. So I mean, it must it, have been the the powers that be that was, made it. It was, it was crappy, but it was so fun. Like, it was just <laughs> fun. Like I don't know how to I don't even know how to explain it. It was like one of those things where it wasn't even. It like was even bad CG. Everything bad. about it, watching it, was like this should be a joke. This literally should be. Off it. And it's not even just like a train. I could I could take my eyes off it. I thoroughly enjoyed myself throughout that entire film. So all right, next. That's week, how I felt about Dark Phoenix. Ironically, the one the one X movie that everybody hates is the one X movie I love. So oh boy, which of us is wrong? I don't. I don't, I don't love it. Well, let's I get, think we all know the answer to that Next, yeah well Lewis, everybody should fix themselves and they'll be on my page <laughs> from the hit image comic thumbs stops by to chat about his in image comics experience and we will dive into the latest and greatest of the comic book movie franchises see you guys next week Heck yeah